Hi, I'm Tina Spangler with TLC Barrels and welcome to my podcast. It is June 7th, 2022 and this is Q&A number 95 for my Facebook virtual coaching group. I'd like to welcome new members Willow, Kate, Alana, and Janessa to Team TLC group and also want to congratulate Beverly and Lightning on being a, our personal best uh, drawing uh, for the prize winner for May. Thank, uh, congratulations to you. I believe you and Lightning have only entered three barrel races so far, your novice year, and he's already in the 3D. So congratulations for that. Um, this week's Q&A, the topic is going to be what the challenge is for the month of June. As you guys know, in the month of May, I really talked a lot about positive mindset and and having a, you know, a strong mental game for competition and, you know, life in general. And that was kind of our focus, you know, being, you know, really thinking of our blessings and all the positive things in our life and just being grateful and thankful for the good and keeping our mind in that positive mindset and handling adversity with a, a positive mindset and pushing through and to continue to set your goals and, objectives for what you want to make you happy with you and your horses and your life in general. So that was for May. So now we're in June, what I thought would be a great time, especially since it's summertime. A lot of people have more daylight, more time with their horses, and it's also hotter and you can lose some of your motivation. So this will still give you a chance to go through your connection with your horse. And the topic for this month is going to be um, a horsemanship challenge, basically. And we're going to be looking at herd dynamics, um, horse psychology, uh, my TLC program and what it's been based upon since I started it 30 years ago, which Ride With Heart is, you know, to always put the horse first and the love of horses based on trust, respect, and communication of cues. Um, so that's what it's going to be all broken down to. So I can't obviously cover it all in a week, but this week I am going to lay it out. So I am going to try to send an email to anybody who wants it on what the um, what it offers and um, what it outlines, I guess, the objective of it and the outline of it. And then, of course, there is a follow-up with videos and podcasts for all of it as well. So, but before I get into the questions and then the topic, I do want to let everyone know I've been working on videos. I had a clinic on Saturday in Lady Lake. It was awesome. We had eight riders. The weather was beautiful. Covered arena. Had a couple bands of rain come through, but the cloud cover and the breeze made it really nice all day. The riders worked really hard. We had eight awesome horses and riders, and they were all so involved and tried so hard all day to you know, pay attention and, and make improvements. And I think everybody got something out of it that they could take home and use either in training or competition. And that always makes me happy. And I enjoyed working with all of them. Um, and then of course I've been doing videos. We've had some awesome runs in Kansas. Caitlin and Holly ran in the mud to still place third in the 1D. Uh, Malara and Eddie uh, were in the 2D. Uh, in Kentucky at a, their first outdoor arena, Presley and Sweet Lady won the 2D first in Kentucky. Kayla and Mister had a really nice 3D run. Uh, Jenna and Timer had 1D fourth here in Florida. Uh, Kayla was in Alabama. Um, 
let's see here. Michaela in China in Florida went to try a new place for practice and exposure for exhibitions at the uh, Covered Arena here in uh, uh, St. Augustine, Florida. Uh, Jen and Chrome, only their third run was beautiful in Tennessee, 2D, so they're starting to figure each other out. She just bought him and loves him, and they're starting to put things together, and it was uh, a really nice 2D run against a lot of tough, tough NBHA competition. And uh, Kaylee and Jesse did great at TOC with um, her run. Her, she made two runs at Tour of Champions, Okeechobee, uh, Bonita in Alabama, and Bull were in the 2D. So that was awesome. I just received a few more text messages of videos to work on. So I plan to get those done today and tomorrow. Um, so anyways, thank you guys for all of that. I'm going to answer your questions for the week and also mention I've started a June personal best uh, list as well. I have four names on it so far. So if you have a personal best, always be sure to let me know. It can be a fast time in an arena that you go to regular, something that you've accomplished, maybe a better first barrel, second barrel, picked up a lead on a colt, you know, whatever, went to your first rodeo, whatever you want that you're proud of. Let us know that personal best and I'll add you to the drawing. The drawing is for individual prices like prizes. Um, I, I draw one name a month and you can win a free month in the group. You can win a TLC saddle cross, TLC training book, record keeper, hat. Um, there's things like that. So anyways, I hope that's um, uh, something you guys are still enjoying doing it. I sure like to celebrate any small victories you have because all those little wins and goals add up to chasing those dreams that you have. So the first question I got, which I think is really important, is about horse anxiety in the alleyway. And you know, it's a very real thing. So I'm going to talk about six different ways you can handle horse anxiety in the alleyway. The first and probably most important is to make sure you keep control of your anxiety. Remember, you're there to have fun. You're there to build a calm, confident horse. And you can't do that if you're a nervous wreck. So it is important that you know how to calm yourself too. And that is one of the parts of our horsemanship um, the the final part about the mindset, I'm going to cover that today as well. But the first thing I like to do is gate my horse and I like to ride them up there one handed. So I'll have one hand on the rein low and on their mane and on the other hand rubbing their butt. And then they'll think they're just going in there to trail ride or gate or exhibition. They won't be thinking it's time to run. Barrel horses know when we go to two hands, it's game on. So the more you can ride them one handed um, is important. The second thing is control. Some horses, you do want to fire them up in the alleyway. The push horses, you may have to pump them up to get that fire. But some horses are very nervous or hot already. And that horse, you want to keep control. Because if you let them shake their head and just run off with you in the alleyway or take off before you said it was okay, you're probably not going to have a really good first barrel. And that's your money barrel. It sets you up for a really good run. So have control. Already have it in your head that you're going to walk one-handed to the alley or halfway down the alleyway and then you're going to pick your line with third barrel and then your arc and you're going to ease your horse down with give and take pressure sitting back talking to him have a game plan when you're going to let him go maybe at the mouth of the arena or you know in the arena whatever halfway down the alleyway based on your individual horse and the setup of that arena so that's really important um, the third thing is really talking to him um, 
you know, I, I mentioned gating, but even when it's time for competition, ride that one hand in there and, you know, talk to them easy, easy. You know, gating is a, such a, a important thing too. You know, like I mentioned on number one, um, you can go in and be number uh, six on every drag and that's good for them. Just sit in there and relax. So uh, don't be afraid to do that. Sometimes you have to haul and just gate. And, you know, let them know, maybe just walk a slow exhibition and go home or stay for the jackpot and just gate every drag and then go home. Kind of reverse psychology them because they don't want, they don't need to know that every time they get in that alleyway, it's going to be full-blooded, hardcore run. And you may have to sacrifice a $20 jackpot, you know, if there are those anymore, maybe $30, $40 jackpot. But, um, you know, go and just say, okay, I'm going to walk down the alleyway, lope to first barrel, and just go for calm confidence, you know. So that's important. Um, the fourth thing is you can find calming herbs. Um, dynamite sells relax and tranquil. Silver lining has some nice calming herbs for uh, mares, especially now with hormones and in season. Also just calming herbs in general. About any any supplement company has different herbs out there or paste to help calm a horse. Um, some people say that anxiety in the alleyway can be caused by bleeding or ulcers or pain in a foot or a body or joint or something. And of course, you always want to rule out pain. You cannot train pain. So but a lot of times it can be nerves. It can be horse nerves, rider nerves. It can be uh, anxiety um, and respect. You know, it doesn't always have to be pain. So everybody wants to go right to bleeding or ulcers. I've seen it with unbalanced hooves, you know, but I've also seen it just be because a rider gets really tense. Um, the rider's riding, the rider's nervous and their body's stiff. Their hands are stiff. Their legs are clenching the horse. You know, their, their horse can sense that they're not acting normal, that something's a, a and I talked to you guys about, um, you know, predator prey thing all the time. If your horse is a, a prey animal and they feel you being stressed, they're going to think that the, going down that alleyway is a bad idea. So always keep that in mind. But you can also talk to your vet. I know sometimes um, natural products do not work on some horses. There are other things people try with, you, you know, with work with your vet. You can do orally before you get on, before you tack up or before your run that won't, um, won't make them, you know, fall down or affect their performance. Just take a, enough edge off them that they're a little bit more focused and not on the muscle. So those are options as well. Um, but it really is important. The first three is what I would do first. Um, the fifth one, as I mentioned, I think it's really important to haul sometimes and slow things down and just do a confidence builder. Like I said, walk down the alleyway and just say, I'm going to ease them if I have to trot to first or if I have to slow lope to first, but I'm not going to go for a run, you know. And then the final thing is that calm, confident rider. You'd be surprised the more relaxed you are, the more you're like, hey, this is all good. And you're just in there to relax and, and have a smooth run, the better your horse is going to do. A horse also needs to respect their rider. So being assertive, not let him take advantage of you. If a horse does get rattled, you can always do a one rein stop, disengage your hindquarters. Um, you know, I don't like to get dependent on riders leading me in on another horse or on foot. You know, the exception might be kids with their parents, but, um, I want my horse and I to have that relationship where they trust and respect me and I want to do it myself. So I'm going to use cues and I may look 
you know, I may do leg laterals or face flexing on the way to the alleyway. I may, you know, uh, look at different areas and ride to one spot than the next spot. And, and I'm just going to stay proactive. Uh, and if my horse gets rattled, I can always do a small circle, disengage our hindquarters and ask them to go forward again. But I, I really think if you do the work, you will find that it will get better. So the next question was about, um, explaining how to ride square to spot one. They were kind of confused what that meant. So riding square is just about being centered on your horse's back. Um, it's about looking between their ears, not down their neck or down at the ground. Um, it's about having your hands even in the six inch box in front of your saddle horn, not chest high, not pulling down to the side, not crossing your wither, just keeping your hands nice and even and quiet in the middle of their neck, um, horn high. It's your body. It's keeping your shoulders and hips even, um, keeping them balanced between your legs and with your even hands. And it's also about picking a focal spot next to the barrel and past the barrel. It could be, you know, a footprint, you know, three to five feet next to the barrel or, or past the barrel. It could be a spot on the fence, whatever works for you. Um, you know, and, and that's just a really important thing. Um, so hopefully that makes sense to you. Um, somebody was asking about saddles and, um, they feel like their saddles not helping them. And I see that sometimes when I'm doing videos and yes, if a seat is too small or too big for you, you could slide around in there and not be able to move correctly on the saddle. Um, if it, you know, doesn't let you sit up or sit down correctly. If it's a slick seat, like I see all these pretty saddles with stingray and alligator and all this fancy seat, but it's slick as snot and I've ridden in them in clinics and oh my gosh, I hate them. Um, I don't want to be sliding around on a slip and slide while my horse is going super fast and turning three times. So I prefer a rough out saddle, especially for my seat and my leg area. If the rest of the saddles, you know, engraved all pretty, that's great. But where I sit and where my legs are, I prefer to have some rough out texture to it. Um, I think that's important. Also, your stirrup length is important. Too, too short will throw you up over the withers. Too long, you can't sit or get up with your horse. So when I take my feet out of my stirrup, I want my feet to hang one or two inches past my stirrups or I have to pick them up a little to put them in. But, and then if I stand in my stirrups, I want about two to four fingers vertically from my crotch to my saddle. Um, if they're too long, like I said, that's not good. But if they're too short, that's not good either. So all those things matter. First and foremost, your saddle needs to fit your horse. So be sure you've got a saddle that's not leaving dry spots or causing soreness anywhere. Make sure you use a quality saddle pad that's clean. Um, and then fit yourself. So it's very important your saddle fits your horse and you both. Um, that's important. The next question was about what bits I prefer for training versus competition. And I do have a video on bits in the members only group. You can also search for it, uh, our members only website, and you can also search for it in the group. But let's say I'm working on, I want my horse to have more bend and flex. I want some more lateral bend. I'm not going to want them in a leverage bit, a bit with a long shanker that doesn't slide. I'm going to want to put them maybe in just an O-ring or a D-ring, you know, just a snaffle and, uh, or maybe just a side pull, like an S-hack or something. And I'm just going to work on something that has very little woe to it, little, very little rate and lots of bend and flex. So I just want something super light. So when I train, it's going to be 
an O-ring or a S-hack. S I mean, I have other ones. I've got a Loomis um, that I like, a Goose Tree. I've got some other ones. I don't like anything severe. I don't like chain or wire. I don't like the things that put pressure over the pole. Um, if it's a sliding gag and it only goes part way up, that's fine with me. Um, I have one of those that I like. It's a Loomis. I've had it for 10 years or so. Um, you know, but again, you don't have to overcomplicate it. You know, you want bits are only as severe as a rider's hand. So a shank bit can be less severe than a snaffle in bad or in good hands and vice versa. If I'm looking for more rate or woe, uh, I'm going to go ahead and get myself into a little shank bit, maybe even a little small port, um, you know, but again, mouthpieces, bits are about what a horse likes and what a rider feels comfortable in. So some horses like a chain, some horses like a three piece, some horses prefer thin or thick or twist or smooth, you know, it just one that salivates them more and little rings. I mean, they, there's so many different ones out there and you just got to find what works for your horse. Um, but some horses do better if you have a training bit and a competition bit. Some horses do better if you, if you just keep them all the same, you know, again, do what's best for your horse. But yes, absolutely. You can do change your bit up based on what you're looking for if you've got a horse that's being really stiff get to something that's going to let you get more bend and flex in them so that would be a lighter bit like the snaffle if you need more woe put something on that has a little bit more leverage to it or maybe a thin two-piece twist or something but again watch my video that will help you um, the next question was about turning too soon and um, the reason that happens, the number one reason the horse turns too soon is a rider looks in down the horse's neck and they lift their hand up or bring it back too soon before they're at the barrel. So that is the number one thing. And that's where the videos come in handy that I review for you. We can see if you're riding straight or longer or if you're looking and lifting before you get there. The next question was about having no rate. So the number one problem there was pulling. When I see riders not sitting and pulling, there's your rate issue because your body says go, your hands say whoa, and it's never going to work like that. So that's why you've got to really focus on how well you sit in the saddle and how soon you sit in the saddle. Make sure you know the difference between sit up, sit down, and I have a video on that too. Sitting down, you sit on your pockets, you let your ribs and shoulders soften into your hips. It's like a little slump when you really push your butt down in that saddle and kind of scrunch down into the rib cage into your hips. And um, that's going to be something you may have to give four strides a warning and back it up with your voice and a two-hand rain bump. But remember I said bump, give and take, never pull. Um, you know, you can sit and say, whoa, whoa, here, here, you know, really communicate that way, all with rhythm of bump and take with your seat and your hands. It should never be hands without seat. Um, it can be seat without hands, but ideally I like to use my seat and my voice first and back it up with my hands if that's not working. Um, the next question was how to get your horse back from a break. Um, if they were on an injury list or had to have a couple weeks off or just on a vacation. First, I would do very slow. Talk to your vet, obviously. Um, 
but I would start maybe 30 minutes every other day and I would do it slow. I might do five minutes or 10 minutes of groundwork, lunge for respect, left, right, forward, back, just to make sure they face flex and disengage their hindquarters from the ground before I hop on, walk, trot, lope, you know, just easy in, in the lunge line, just to make sure they don't have any buck in them or they're not cinchy or cold backed. And then when I get on, I would probably just walk, um, five or 10 minutes straight lines. I might do some face flexing left and right, uh, maybe some leg laterals. Then I might post trot sit jog transitions for five or 10 minutes in a straight line only. Um, and then I might do big circles only, maybe sets of three of, um, of post trotting or a lope. And again, not more than three. And then I'd cool them out for five or 10 minutes of walking and be done with it. So, and then you can add to it, but you want to take it slow. You want to give them time to get their wind back, to get their muscles back and give them a day between for uh, recovery as well. So the topic today, which I want to speak about now, because I'm already 20 minutes into this to uh, podcast, but the topic is going to be the horsemanship challenge for this week. Um, part one is the questions about you and your horse. Part two is the groundwork. Part three is the foundation work in the saddle. Part four is the barrel and pole pattern for training and competition. And part five is the mental toughness. So um, I did make it a, an email. I can email it to you. I'm going to put it in the group where you can copy and paste it. Um, but it's going to be based on horse psychology and herd dynamics. And we're going to spend the whole month of June getting into this. And some of you um, won't need to spend any time on certain things because it's not an issue for you. Other people, this could take you months or a year to work through. Uh, and again, you just meet your horse where you're at. And everyone treats this individually based on their own needs. Because obviously everyone's going to be in different places. So get a pen and paper and be ready to make your notes about you and your horse for this um, project. Um, so we must understand how a horse um, thinks and communicates in order to build a relationship with them based on love, trust, and communication cues. And um, as I mentioned before, that I always believe in putting the horse first to always give your best inside and outside of the arena. So... Um, as I mentioned, there's five parts to this. And again, everybody's going to do this on an individual level. It's just to help you become the best horseman you can so that you have a happy, confident, well-rounded horse. And both of you are at a personal best as a team. At your personal best. So an example of horse psychology or herd dynamics would be horses often see themselves as prey. And they often see people or other things as predators. That's why they'll spook when you change something around the property or, or that kind of stuff. Or if something's coming at them straight on, like a herd of cattle or, you know, a, a, a vehicle or other horse, you know, horses, anything like that. Um, they just react with the flight instinct, which is very, very um, dominant in horses. So for instance, if you go to catch your horse in the pasture and you walk straight at them, and you're just in a hurry to go catch them to ride or haul or whatever, they're going to walk or run away from you because they see that as a predator movement or even an alpha movement. And then if you go to them hiding the halter behind your back and you're creeping up to them, they still may, and then you go to grab them, they still may run away. And that's because they run, they see you as a, being a sneak attack and you'll lose your trust with them. Um, 
you know, and you can even do it with a bucket of feet and then try to get them close. They know something's weird about this. And then you go to throw the lead rope over them while they eat the bag of feed and or bucket of feed. And, and they still see this as a sneak attack as a predator's move. So, so those are not good ways. But if you were to switch that up and use reverse psychology and go in the pasture and just with a halter hanging on your hand, not hide nothing, and just kind of stand around nearby them, they'll eventually come to you out of curiosity or maybe walk alongside and mirror them and work on your left, right, you know, forward, backward, kind of draw them to you back away, you know, mirroring them or just hanging out. Those concepts would definitely get you to your horse much quicker. And also the curiosity, they will eventually want to be involved with you. So those are things I want you to consider. So there's a part one student and horse profile of questions. Um, the first question is about horse spirit. If your horse is low, medium, or high spirited dominance with other horses, if they're low on the totem pole, medium, or the alpha. Uh, sensitivity is the third question. Are they dull? You know, do you, you know, really have to put a lot of spur or hand on them to get them to move? Are they extremely high sensitive? Um, Fourth is responsiveness. Are they willing, compliant, or very unresponsive? Um, fifth is obedience, disobedient, um, highly obedient, or just obedient. Sixth, um, learning ability. They learn really slow or quickly or just normal. Um, and also just note how many years you've been doing um, horsemanship and, um, and how you feel about your horsemanship if you feel it's low, medium, or high. And then pay attention to any problems that your horses might have. Do they bite, kick, strike, buck, rear bolt, aggressive, cranky, herd bound, no will, no, um, whoa, sorry, jigs or hyper on the pasture or in the arena. They're lazy. They won't move. They don't like trailer loading or unloading. They resist putting the bit on. You can't touch their ears. They're bad with the farrier or picking up their feet. They'll toss their head. Maybe they won't tie and they pull back. Maybe they're really stiff or they won't back up. Maybe you have no speed control or they're really cinchy or have saddle issues. Maybe they don't like narrow spaces or maybe they're afraid of clippers or scared of fly spray or ropes or slickers or flags or even the water hose. Maybe um, they don't like tractors or vehicles or umbrellas or maybe even other animals like dogs or cattle. Maybe there's other stable issues like cribbing or kicking or pacing or banging a door or lip popping or aggressive at feeding time, pawing, nervous in the stall, or something else. Write all those things down and pay attention to the detail. All of these things matter, okay? We have to begin on the ground with our relationship with our horse. Is your confidence level high, medium, or low with handling your horse on the ground, with riding at home, riding alone, riding with others, riding on the trail, at practice arenas, at jackpots, super shows, at a rodeo for slack or, per, or versus performance, riding bareback. If you're older, you probably don't want to do that. Um, anxiety level. I know I don't. <laughs> I used to. Uh, anxiety level around horses um, or in the above situations. Does your anxiety go high, medium, or low with any of the above or your horse? And how's your mental confidence, high, medium, or low? Uh, the next one is about teamwork with your horse and you need to answer high, medium, or low. Lunge line, free lunge, training for a foundation, training for barrels or poles, in competition, in goal setting, and mental confidence. So answering all of the above that I just mentioned is important. We must name it to claim it. 
after we identify strengths and weaknesses, we now know what to work on. This challenge is to help you have a solid foundation from the ground up, which leads to team building, success in the saddle, and competition. Part two is going to be your very first lesson with your horse. And I want you to set aside 30 minutes. Now, if your horse is really aggressive or mean, you don't have to sit in their pasture or stall with them. I don't really want you to sit on the ground because I don't want you to get stepped on or run over if they spook. So bring a chair in there or something safe to sit on, a bucket, whatever, or even just stand if you feel better and just go hang out in their stall or their pasture and do not approach them. The goal is to see how they're going to interact with you and have a goal. You're just going to hang out there for 30 minutes, not looking at your phone, nothing, just seeing how they interact with you. Um, safety, of course, is first and foremost, but see how long it takes for them to come over to see you. Do they smell you? Do they rub on you? Do they stay away? Do they face you or turn away? But don't touch them first. Let them make all the decisions and then just find it interesting. This is the first step in building trust with your horse and letting them have some say-so in how things are going to go and let them making the decisions. So then the following lessons, just take as long as it takes, meet your horse where they are. So this is going to be on the ground. The first one is backing five to nine steps off energy, off a line, and off touch. And what I mean by energy is if I want my horse to back, I want to try to use maybe waving my hands in the air or you know, walking towards them for them to back away, clucking at them or something. Then I want to use my lead rope or my lunge line and ask them to back away that way. And then I want to be able to touch them maybe with my hand by their chest. For each step, I'm going to apply and release, apply and release, just like you would in the saddle with your reins or your legs. And then I want to back through a stall or between some barrels or between poles or off a step or off the driveway, anything like that. That's going to all help me getting my horse to unload out of a horse trailer and things like that. And then there's a whole list of things. I'm going to let you guys look it over, but I'm going to copy and paste each part in the group per day. Um, and we'll just work on it. And then again, it's all going to be broke down. There's videos to go with everything. So there's about 13 things to do on the ground. It develops trust, respect, and communication. And then you're going to apply it to part three, which is in the saddle. And then in the saddle, I would like you to try to start in a training snaffle or side pull and split reins. And there's about 10 things, starting with face flexing, disengaging hindquarters, pretty much all kinds of basics, and then a little bit of my drills. Um, and then the fourth part is about barrel pattern training. Um, and there's about 13 things I talk about there that you'll need to do. And again, this is just an outline. There's videos and podcasts that go along with all of this stuff. And then the fifth part being mindset. Mental toughness is half the battle in competition. Having a positive attitude, working hard by practicing and preparing, having a game plan that works for you and your horse by being a calm, confident leader is where it all needs to start. A rider really needs to have all of the above, the first four parts first. But without a solid mindset, you will lose the barrel race before you ever go down that alleyway. So think of it as a, a red light, a yellow light, or a green light. A green light, you're calm, you're confident, you're focused, you're ready to go have fun and make your run. Some nerves just mean that you're excited and you want to do well. But you know how to center yourself and do some breathing exercise to settle and focus to get into your zone. 
yellow lights when you have some negative thoughts creep in in your mind before you run. Maybe you see yourself hit a barrel or go to the fence or you're maybe worried about the ground or the time to beat. But learn to quickly replace that thought with self-talk. For example, I'm prepared. We practice great. My horse and I are a great team. I trust my horse and our teamwork. I will ride to my spots and be in the moment so that you can go from a yellow light back to a green light. A red light is when you're feeling sick to your stomach and so nervous that you cannot see a positive run or have a positive thought to save your life. That's a time to get off, stand by your horse, maybe walk some circles on foot with them, or go back to the trailer and do the following. Take five deep breaths in and out slowly. Remember why you do this for fun. You love it and you want your horse to know everything is okay. Calm yourself through centering and meditation. Do a one-minute positive sprint. We have a a podcast on that too. Tell yourself your positive sprint. Everybody should have their own. Pet your horse, pray, and go have some fun. We are learning or we are winning. And be thankful for all your blessings. You're healthy. You have a job to afford to have a horse, go to a barrel race, etc. You've got a healthy horse that you can go barrel race. So remember the kiss theory. Keep it simple, silly, and be positive. There is a video or podcast to go with everything I've listed in this outline. And you can also go to the members only website page to look them up. You can look them up in the search box in the Facebook group. If you can't find it on your own, let me know and I will try to help you. So thank you guys. I'm going to wrap up here. It's been about 30 minutes for this week's Q&A and topic. I hope you enjoyed this week's challenge. I will post the outline in the group and also we will be focusing on this for the whole month of June. Thank you. And as always, I want to say to you guys, um, ride with heart. God bless y'all. But remember, count your blessings, focus on your positives, and um, and that will that is the best way to start every day with a grateful heart. Thank you.